The, the scripture for today is Psalm 34.1, and it begins, it states, and this is in the NLT. I'm, I will get it in the message in a moment. <laughs> so, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praise. I will praise the Lord at all times. Hmm. I will praise the Lord at all times. Now, <laughs> uh, that the, you know, whenever we think about that, well, sometimes I'm just not too happy, you know. <laughs> sometimes I'm, I'm not too keen on praising God because of, and we go into our routines, you know, of all the things that are wrong and all the things that are maybe not what we would like them to be. But I will praise the Lord at all times because praise opens up to us or reminds us that God is with us, Okay that God is with us. Now, the opposite of praise, I think, is worry. <laughs> now, it, you know, it, 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 the Bible doesn't say, um, I will doubt the Lord all day long. <laughs> I, will, I will complain to God all day long about all the things that are not right in our world. I will question God about everything that happens in my life. I will be grumpy. <laughs> I will be sarcastic. I will be out and out mean. <laughs> I will, you see, whenever we start looking at these things, and when the Bible is saying that I will praise the Lord at all times, it doesn't mean that we are happy for everything that's happening. But we are looking to God to help us in what is happening. Hmm. You see, we are looking to God. Now, uh, <laughs> oh me, oh my, my finger's in my eye. <laughs> You know, I, I got this finger in my eye, and, and I can't help it. It hurts, and I got this problem in life. I got these people over here don't like me. The government is doing something wrong, and, so, you know, they're always playing. And, we got, and I can't get over the pain that's in my eye. <laughs> Take your finger out of your eye, you know, because it isn't somebody else's finger. It isn't somebody else's problem it's generally how we're looking at things and how we're disturbing our vision. You know, and I was uh, thinking of uh, Galatians chapter 5. And of course, this is where the fruits of the Spirit are. But before we get to the fruits, there is this in chapter 19, excuse me, verse 19 of chapter 5. It's obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. So if we are not going to praise God... We are going to look at our life, and we're going to try to get what we want out of it. Now, sometimes we think, well, if I praise God, then he'll give me what I want out of it. No. <laughs> he will give to us what, we pro what he promises. Now, sometimes, whenever, well, the thing for us, I believe, is that God gives us promises that fit our dreams, our desires, you know, and sometimes we're looking at promises and we're believing the promise and God then gives to us a dream. Now, often we, I think of, you know, you know, different situations in the scripture. When Peter, you know, he's, on, he's in the boat and there's uh, Jesus comes to them at night walking on the water. Peter and all the disciples are there. And sometimes whenever we are praising God, what we're doing is getting out of the boat. And what, what Peter had to find out was that which was, how many can walk on water except when it's frozen? You know, I remember, 
okay? We can't walk on water unless it's frozen. So if you try walking on water, you know that it's not, it can't support you. Well, one of the things Peter had to recognize when he got out of the boat was the water could support him. Hmm. When he walked towards Jesus and focused on Christ, he was walking on the water. We don't know how many steps he took, you know, but he must have taken a couple. And then whenever he came to himself, as it were, recognized where he was at, when you start recognizing your problems and get your focus off of God, we begin to sink, okay? Now, sometimes uh, we've, I've preached, or maybe you've heard other people preach, you know, Peter, you, you lost your faith. <laughs> you know, if you had just kept your faith, why did you doubt? And, you know, it's almost like in a negative sense. But what if we turned that around and said, and thought of it like a parent with a child, learning to walk. Wow, you've walked three steps. Why did you doubt? Keep coming. <laughs> what if our faith is that very same thing and God is saying to us, we think we're drowning and, you know, I'm going under Jesus, get my hand, you know? <laughs> you know, come rescue me. And Jesus is encouraging us, yes, look how far you came. <laughs> look how far you have come. See? Don't get on the critical side. Get on the I will praise the Lord at all times side that says that God is happy for the steps I took on the water, not that I doubted, but that I lost focus. And so whenever we are saying that we're going to praise God all the time, we are putting ourselves in this place where we're, we're going to remember to focus that God has promises and God has a purpose and God has a plan and that God is going to work all things together for good and that God has a favorable outcome for our life. God has all these things in place and what we are doing by praising him and thanking him is reminding ourselves that God is in control. That my circumstances and my pe the people around me, my job and all these things mean very little when it comes to God fulfilling his plan in us. So God is at work. Now, um, verse 1921 in, in Galatians 5. So when people are basically living to themselves, they are repetitive, loveless, cheap sex. That's in the book here. Uh, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. Trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfying once, a brutal temper, an impotence to love or be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community. I could go on. <laughs> That's what Paul says here. Ugly parodies. I had to look that up. Now I know parodies is a comparison, but it, but it also means intentional mockery. And when I think of intentional mockery, I think of the late night com comedians, 
I don't watch them anymore, but, you know, you watch the late night. There's, there's, a, there's a line between comedy and mockery. And so, you, you know, you always have to, you know, I try to tell jokes and things like that. And I know I'm not going on late night TV, so. <laughs> the only time I'm on late night TV is somebody can't sleep, they wake up and turn on the, you know, go to the, chap, go to the website and watch me preach. Or YouTube, yeah, I'm on YouTube, yeah. You know, I was reading this week, uh, Joel, Joel Olstein has 7 million people watch him every Sunday. Every month, he has 20 million people that watch. And he is broadcast in 100 different countries. I'm right behind him. <laughs> you know? But, but he has a whole different perspective, and he doesn't condemn, and I know some, you got to do this, you got you know, God has a way of just working in our lives, and you pray that God will do, that he will help us do our best where we're at, and that there are goals in front of us, and as we can take care of the people around us, as we keep planting seed in the lives of people, we don't know where it's all going to turn out. We don't know where all these seeds are going to pop up and plant a whole new vineyard and all those types of things go on in other people's lives just because we're part of who we are, part of you, part of your family, part of what you do. Well, this is the, the uh, in Galatians 5, verses 19 to 21, this is what happens whenever we forget about God and we don't thank God. This is how people become self-centered and, you know, uh, um, in, what is it called? Uh, intentional mockery of other people's lives and dehumanizing individuals and making them objects and just, you know, all this type of thing. But whenever we praise God, whenever we're thankful to God, the Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit is with us. And, but what happens when we live God's way? Okay, living God's way, um, I think sometimes we've made it almost impossible. You know, it's a, an impossible set of rules that you're always going to fail at, and that God is going to reprimand you for all of your failures. But see, Jesus isn't reprimanding Peter for losing faith. He's encouraging Peter to keep on believing. Even though he's sinking, it doesn't matter. He got out of the boat. Nobody else did. (laughs) Peter's the only one to walk on water, so Jesus, besides Jesus, he wasn't mocking Peter, he wasn't putting Peter down, and he was just encouraging him that, Peter, we could have walked back to the boat alone and you uh, together, and you'd have never got wet. <laughs> so in our life, it's like God is encouraging us. You, know, you came to church. Good. <laughs> You're not sinking. Yes. <laughs> we're listening to God. Yes. We're, we're reading the scriptures. Yes. You see, these are the things that build faith in us. The things that rip faith out of us is our doubts that say, God isn't with me, and it's believing a lie. See, the Holy Spirit is teaching us and putting before us the word of God. Now, this is truth, all right? This is truth. God's word is truth. And we build our life on that truth. And whenever we start thinking about things that are opposite of this truth, we begin to deteriorate our, our life. 
the Bible says that to every man is given a measure of faith. All of you have, all of us have faith. All the people out there have faith. God has given to everyone faith. Some people choose to believe that God doesn't exist. They've taken their belief and took it in the wrong direction. Some people choose to believe that God would never love them. It's not what the belief is for. We will believe our way into life or out of it. We will believe what God has said, and whenever we believe what God has said, it will continue to nurture, it will continue to build up and encourage and help and restore and, and uplift and vision and going and growing towards someplace, going ahead. Well, the, 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 what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts to your life. <laughs> he brings gifts into our life much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. <laughs> Apples down over the mountain and peaches from, peaches from Chambersburg <laughs> are in the stores. Well, how did the fruit get on the tree? Well, started in the spring. You know, leaves come out, buds come out. And much the way that fruit appears in an orchard is the way fruit appears in our life. I'm going to produce a fruit. <laughs> You're going to have a hemorrhoid, you know. <laughs> you know I'm going to produce, you know, but you see, it's a natural. It's a natural process. It's just natural for us to give fruit, to be fruitful. Not to be fruity, but to be fruitful. <laughs> All right, so. Um, things like affection for others exuberancy about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. Hmm. See, that's why we believe that no matter where a person is in their life, God still loves them. No matter what's going on, God still loves them. There's, there's a holiness about people and things. While there's all kinds of wickedness about them, not talking about the wickedness about them, talking about the holiness about them. There's something holy about what is inside. The fragrance of the knowledge of God. <laughs> I still remember that sermon. <laughs> you know, the fragrance of the knowledge of God. That the knowledge of God is like a fragrance to our soul that, and the word means, it reminds us of something. <laughs> reminds us of something. That, you ever, when it's the, the story there was that if you ever go someplace and it reminds you, you smell something and it reminds you of a place or something in your past, well, the fragrance of the knowledge is that when we have the knowledge of God, it is like a fragrance of something in our soul that reminds us this is, this is someplace special. God's word is something, something special in my soul. It's that fragrance. That's another sermon. Message 128, we can look that <laughs> I don't remember what it was. But anyhow, we develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. 
we find ourselves involved in loyal commitments. <laughs> this, is the, this, is, this is a loyal commitment. You're part of the body of Christ. Not needing to force our way in life. Able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. So when we are praising the Lord, <laughs> I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praise. I am thanking God because there's something good. There's the fruit of God coming in my life. And this is the, um, the life, the sap in the tree coming into the fruit. So when I am praising God at all times and speak of his praise, I'm, I'm allowing the fruit, I'm allowing the praise of God and the life of God to flow through my soul and throw, flow through my life to go into the fruits and the things that I do that other people pick. So I will praise the Lord at all times. There's a purpose in praise. I bless God every chance I get. This is the Psalm 34 in the Message Bible. Now, David wrote this after he had um, uh, outwitted Abimelech. You know, they were chasing him and whatever, and David outwitted him. <laughs> and he's saying, I will praise God every chance I get. My lungs expand with praise. So we just read the two contrasts of Galatians 5, the, the one without the fruit and the one with the fruit. So you get to choose. So David isn't looking at, well, how stupid that guy is. I was easy outwitted, and look how smart I am, you know. <laughs> That's, um, who's the guy with the cigar? And I was there. Groucho Marx. I was outwitted him, you know. <laughs> you know? The psalm of Groucho Marx. <laughs> okay. But anyhow, <laughs> that was funny. Uh, it wasn't, but I thought it was. But it... Uh, so we, we look at these two kinds of contrast. And then in, in verse 2 it says, I live and breathe God. If things aren't going well, hear this and be happy. <laughs> if things aren't going well, I will praise God at all times. When things aren't going well, I will praise God and be happy. The scripture I thought of when I was reading this was, uh, in the King James Version, it was, men ought always to pray and not to faint. So, you know, me, I have to look everything up in the King James to find it in something else. But men ought always to pray and not to faint. And Jesus used this illustration. Jesus used this illustration. And it was about the woman who was uh, violated. My rights are violated. Uh, she wanted protected from the judge. The judge was supposed to rule in her favor, and he wasn't paying attention. And it says of the judge, he never gave God a thought and he didn't care what people thought. Okay, that's a good judge. I don't care about God. I don't care about people. And tell that begging woman who's a widow, meaning she is the least of society, has virtually no rights, and she's a beggar. Okay? So here's a beggar knocking on the door of the judge. My rights are violated. <laughs> Send her away. And Jesus says... Um, well, he says in the scripture, he didn't even give her the time of day. And um, nevertheless, this widow won't quit badgering me. <laughs> she's always knocking on the door, and she's always telling me that I need to protect her rights. Then Jesus puts this in. He says, do you hear what, this, do you hear what the judge, corrupt as he is, is saying? 
He's going to answer this woman's request because she won't shut up. <laughs> I'm not going to do any analogies from there. So what makes you think God won't step in and work justice for his chosen people who continue to cry out for help? See, I am praising God, not because this is all going my way, but I know that God is going to work in this situation. So in my praise, I'm, asked, I'm praising God and thanking him for this working out. And God, I want this to work out. God, I need an answer to this. And we keep on asking and we keep on knocking. And Jesus is saying that, um, I assure you, he will. He will not drag his feet, but how much of that kind of persistence, faith, will the Son of Man find on earth when he returns? How much of that persistent, I'm not giving up, faith will God find in us? <laughs> so that's what he's alluding to here, that I have, I live and breathe God. If things aren't going well, then hear this and be happy. What are we hearing? Join me in speaking the, the news together and let's get the word out. God must be more, God meets me more than halfway. He freed me from my anxious fears. God frees us from our anxious fears. I won't ask how many get anxious, how many fall for the fear perspective, false evidence appearing real. You see, he meets me more than halfway. I thought of the prodigal son. Guy takes his inheritance and goes, blows it. He comes to himself as he's eating from the pig pen, from the pig trough. He comes to himself. You see, sometimes life is not about what's happening to us. It's about what's happening in us. And how am I changing to where, what God wants me to be? Now, I know every problem isn't about fixing us, but everything brings out an attitude or brings out some response. I mean, everything gets a response from us. <laughs> you, ever, you ever have some kids, they, they always, you know, always push in your buttons, you know? You, you, and Rachel and David, they never pushed any buttons of mine. I just cut them off. <laughs> yeah. You see, they wouldn't push my buttons, but you, but you see how we respond to things. And that's what's going on inside of how am I responding? I will praise the Lord at all times. How am I responding? I will thank God because God is not out of control. God has his grace, his unmerited favor that is continuing to come to me. Am I believing for the favor of God to be upon my life in each situation that brings a response? In my response, am I giving favor to God? And when things aren't going well, am I persistent in asking? And if I've run away from God, God always meets me more than halfway. Prodigal son coming home. This is Jesus again telling the story of God the Father and how God the Father runs towards his son and puts on the, the robe and the ring and everything. He doesn't give, you know, there's no pretense. You know, put on, get him a bath and clean him up and, you know, hose him off before I see him. No. Father, Jesus is telling these stories. This is what God is like. 
He's always after us. He's wanting us to turn. As soon as we turn, he's there for us. But sometimes, like Peter walking on the water, God wants us to come to him. That's kind of the growth part. Because all of our life we know and we understand God is always with us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He'll, he'll, never, he'll never do anything in our life that is to harm us. It's always for the good and for the blessing and for the best. And that God is at work in all things. And I don't know how it is or why it is, but it's all okay. And, but then sometimes the, the seas and the trouble, and God is saying, <laughs> you know, we're saying, Jesus, is that you? Yeah. Can, if it's you, can I come? Sure. Come on out. And then we walk on our fears. We walk on our troubles. The troubles are very real. The fears, some of them are real. I may sink. That's a very real fear. But I also may walk on the water. See, so our trials are there to help us see who we are. And that they're there to make us transparent in seeing ourselves. <laughs> There's still work to do. And that's good. Because if you were perfect, you won't be here next week. You'll be in heaven. You'd just be walking along the street, you know, and whoa, hey, Jesus, me and him, pals, we're going right up. <laughs> Scripture tells us that life and death are in the power of the tongue. <laughs> Some people just talk themselves to death. <laughs> Some people just don't know when to shut up. <laughs> and, uh, but we talk ourselves to death, meaning we talk ourselves into defeat. We worry ourselves into fear. We discourage ourselves about our, our present and future circumstances. So the scripture tells us that life and death are in what we say. You know, you can kill people with your words. <laughs> you can destroy them. Or you can lift them up. And you see, we have that power to do that to ourselves and to others. And so like the fruit that naturally appears on the tree, the words that we say are natural to who we are as a person. <laughs> you know, I, I, <laughs> I try to, um, I try to look at what I say and how I say things. I try to change, uh, not necessarily what I say, but sometimes how I say it, and make it, and try to make it different but better, <laughs> because you know. You people have been putting up with me for a long time. <laughs> and um, so I don't want it to be boring. I want it to be teaching and training. And I don't want to, did we hear this before? Is that the same sermon we've heard before? You know, I, I don't want that. I don't want that to happen to, to me or to you so that we're constantly changing. We're constantly growing so that, that in praising God and learning how to praise, I, you know, have I got this? No. <laughs> Am I perfect in this? No. I need to learn how to do this more. 
So this is why uh, we're, we're speaking on this, that we need to do this. So life and death are in the power of the tongue. So what are we talking about? How are we saying it? What is, what is the good of what we're saying? And how, how much good will come from our words? Things may be bad all around you. People may be negative and complaining and discouraged, but don't let that spirit rub off in you. <laughs> See? I, I never thought this, but... If you hang around, but it's true, if you hang around negative people, you'll be negative. If you hang around critical people, you, they'll, you'll become critical. If you hang around people that are just ripping everybody apart, you're going to jump in. <laughs> so don't hang around them while well, I have to work with them. I have to live with them. <laughs> well, that doesn't matter. You don't have to let them become you or you. We are always trying to allow God's Spirit to overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And that's how we talk ourselves into, in, into the blessing. So, the worser it gets... <laughs> yeah. The worse it gets, the brighter you're going to shine. darker the night, the brighter the stars. The good news is that no matter how you feel, no matter what's going on around you, you can choose your words. <laughs> choose your words wisely. Choose your words with, with an attitude of praise and thanksgiving. Choose what you're going to say so that it gives life and hope and freedom and strength to you and to others. Choose what you say. And allow the Holy Spirit to inspire you. You know, allow, you know, this is a terrible thing to say, but uh, for a preacher, you know, sometimes when I, when I pray or whenever I'm going to do something, I just try not to think of anything. <laughs> I try not to think of anything. I try to just say, okay, what thought, God, do you have? And you go with the thought. Because you never know what the, Next sentence is, you only have the first words. <laughs> so that's how, when I pray and when I do this, and, and sometimes in my sermons and things like that, I don't know what the next thought is. But I ask God that he'll give me the, he'll give me the beginning. If he gives me the beginning, then I can go, to the, then I can, I can go from there. And when, the, when, the stop, when it stops coming, I try to shut up. <laughs> so, so we learn who we are in the trials. Uh, trials, we never think of them as gifts, but sometimes they are. The trials help us to see who we are and how we're, how we're dealing with things, and we need to correct them. Um, the Bible says that we're going to have these trials so that we lack nothing. <laughs> the trials are going to give to me something that I'll never have without them. The Bible says that God has given each of us a measure of faith and that our faith is to be developed and grown. It is to be planted in the soil of people's lives. Every deed is a seed. So we want the seed to grow in people's lives and do the best. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The renewing of our mind, I will praise God at all times. 
<laughs> I will give thanks that God is going to work this out. He is going to bless me. His divine grace is upon my life. I haven't earned what he's going to give me. I can only receive what he wants to give me. So therefore, I will praise him in each circumstance so that in my praise, I'm opening up my container <laughs> that he will bless me, not because I earned it, but because he wants this for my life. Amen? Let's stand. So we're renewing our mind. <laughs> we're renewing our hearts. We're renewing our commitment. We're renewing what God has given us. Our life. Your life is a gift. Yep. <laughs> when someone says you're special, you are. <laughs> Father, thank you. You made us so individualistic. You made us so special. You placed us right in the middle of what we need to be and who we need to, who we need to touch and what we need to become. All these things are right here. Thank you, God. So we want to praise you. I will praise the Lord at all times. God, I thank you for the day. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for your favor, your blessing. I thank you, O oh God, that we're going to reap a great harvest. We're going to reap a great harvest. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. <laughs>